Hello there and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz that there's no tomorrow. This week we're talking about Babylon. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John. How are you this week? Hello, hello. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. What about you? Yeah, I'm doing absolutely great. So Babylon, whew, briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. All right. Dependence, depravity, and outrageous excess lead to the rise and fall of several ambitious dreamers in 1920s Hollywood. I mean, that's putting it lightly. Full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen Babylon. I would definitely recommend. There's yes. so much that goes on in this movie. It will sound like the ramblings of mad. I mean, whenever does it not sound like the ramblings of mad men? But still, yeah. this is going to make no sense if you haven't seen the movies. I really do recommend it. This is Damien Chazelle's first film since First Man. So that's four to five years. It, it yeah, just released four. in the UK. Obviously, it released a couple months back in the US. So, you know, let's say four years since First Man came out. Obviously, Damien Chazelle's a genius. Whiplash, First Man, La Land. This one's three hours long. We saw it together. Oh my God. We, 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 yeah. we were at the biggest screen in our cinema and definitely was an experience. What do you think? It was an experience in a good way because I just never experienced something that is hectic, chaotic in this film that, that Wolf Wall Street is tame and, and once upon a time in Hollywood. Like those two films are great. Everyone's comparing them when I look into the... Oh, the, really? Yeah, they were comparing them. And I was like, you kind of see that. I mean, I guess Ed. all three of them are, are hectic movies yeah. and two of them star Toby Maguire and two of them star Brad Pitt and I guess Margot Robbie as well. But yeah, true. other than that, I don't see many similarities, really. Yeah. The three hours, it doesn't feel like three hours at all. At the beginning of the film, it is insane. Like, it is crazy what you are watching in the cinema. You're just like, did I just see an elephant? Yeah, you'll be shocked. That was the moment when the elephant just unloaded its poop onto this poor guy's head. What I was like... Is this film going to go too far? It reminded me of Sex Education, which is a really great show. Uh, yeah. But in season three, it does go a bit far with some of its grossness. And there is a scene involving a turd that is similarly just like, why are we doing this? And I definitely think this film constantly rides the line between way too much and just enough. Yeah. At the beginning, I was really worried, like, what's going to be? gratuitous nudity really outrageous joke well not jokes but like some that similar kind of shown in wolf of wall street you know the type of stuff i'm talking about but like those yeah, like yeah. repeated over and over again like haha funny but no that wasn't really repeated throughout the film which i was happy with we get to explore other things in babylon but the entire like i don't know how long that opening sequence lasted for but you were like so overwhelmed with everything that is happening on the screen with the music that is so hectic, it's like house music, it's celebrating this life of 20s, celebrating cinema. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, like this film just so often, there's so much going on on the screen. And I can only imagine the amount of work that went into it behind the scenes. There's just so much craftsmanship. Everybody's got to hit their mark as the characters are moving. And Damien Chazelle loves a long take. So we get a lot oh, of these does. beautiful long takes where everything's happening in the background and there's so much to look at and you might think oh what's that and then the camera's already moved on but it then sweeps back around and you can see it all and there are just so many ways that this film yeah. presents mania and presents things just being crazy and i have to say after that first party i kind of understood what we were in for and it yeah. became 
some of the funniest things I've seen in in a cinema in a long time. We were um, absolutely pissing ourselves with laughter. It was the funniest things that you know we've seen in a while since Sonic Two, actually. Like, yes, you know, it yes. Was something. It was a proper like funny movie, like for an hour, I guess. It was really funny mm. for an hour. The thing is, though, there's a lot of tonal shifts in the film yes. that felt weird, but I think oh that, is, that contributes to the film itself. Like, it's meaning, mm. it's manic, it's so chaotic, you wouldn't understand what's happening. So I can give credit to that, but it was the tonal shifts that really threw us. Like, Yeah, it's definitely like... the point. Damien Chazelle, he knows what he's doing. He he wants you to, like, there's this big sequence at the end, and this is the sequence that I, oh that, that I would say really, really threw me with <sighs> Tobey Maguire's character, and he takes Manny, the main character, to this underground party scene, and every level it gets weirder and weirder. So the first one, people are dancing naked, and there's drums, and it's very dark lighting, and then it gets to some weird like torture stuff and sex stuff and then there's a guy eating a rat and it's not pleasant to look at it doesn't sound pleasant visually it's not pleasant but that's the whole point the whole point is that the characters feel uncomfortable the audience is supposed to feel uncomfortable and every time that you felt uncomfortable that's the point but it tonally goes back and forth at a drop of a hat and it is just really strange to behold it is you just like this is so bizarrely weird, you know, with everything that's happening, and then it just gets really dark and depressing at the end. Well, not at the end, but, like, somewhere in the midpoint. It's almost a de-escalation. Like, the plot doesn't escalate. It doesn't, like, become more and more insane. It starts right at the top with, like, huge insanity, and then it kind of rides the wave of, of insanity throughout before it kind of settles at a lower point, at a darker point. And then it goes all the way back up to the insanity, like, in the blink of an yeah. eye. And I think yeah. that was what was jarring. It was like, okay, so we're kind of, we're going down and it's going to end in like a quiet way. And in, in many ways it does end in a quiet way. But it does. with that scene in these different levels of the party and the alligators and the naked people, it was just bam, straight up there in such a crazy way. Going back into the funny stuff, like I didn't expect this whole hour, I guess, but like this bit was just so hilarious. It was the bit where Brad Pitt's character, Jack, brings Manny to the set that were filming. Oh my it, god. It was like this battle. Yes. And oh my god, it was so, <laughs> so, so funny. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. I genuinely forgotten about that. It's so like they get there and the producer says to Manny, he's like, you've got to settle this trade dispute. And so he turns and he's like, gentlemen, I know that you said that you're going to work, so you've got to work. And they all end up chasing him. And it's Brad Pitt on like a hill and like the producers. And behind him is just this crowd chasing Manny around. <laughs> and then he finds this horse and a gun. He gets on the horse, he starts firing the gun and then they're all running away. And it was just so funny. It just didn't stop. And it was oh just my God. brilliant. It was so chaotic and the art oh, and the score as well. Justin Hurwitz. Justin yeah. Hurwitz, yeah. I mean, hey, Hurwitz. you know, you already know this, but he liked my tweet this morning. Thank you yes. very much. Thank you very. I tweeted I how good like, the score is, oh and he was God. like, and he and he liked it. So, yay. Yeah. Yeah, and the the jazz house type beats that were implemented into the bit. Like, there was a great piece of sequence that I really liked was when Manny was driving to get the camera and it switched between Margot Robert's character and she was acting and it switched between them. It was so chaotic. It was like, this is what they had to sacrifice for, you know, similar. It was like so outrageous. It was so creative. Uh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. love that sequence because, you know, like, I think the film largely there's a lot going on but i would say that it focuses mostly on manny 
and Nelly. So that's Diego Calva and Margot Robbie's characters. And, you know, she's becoming an actress and he's becoming a producer and executive. And what I loved about that is you get this dichotomy where on the one hand, you get Margot Robbie acting or Nelly acting her ass off and all the directors are transfixed by her single tear that she manages to push out. And then on the other hand, you get Manny watching this perfect shot of Jack, Brad Pitt's character, doing this kiss with these explosions in the background and then the the last light of day with the camera that he spent so long trying to get. And there are so many of these moments where it's just like, wow, cinema. This is what cinema can be. This is what it can really evoke in people. Like there's this moment where Manny goes to the cinema and he's walked into the jazz singer Anybody who knows the jazz singer uh, will know that it's famous for being the first film with talking, the first talkie. And he goes in and everybody is absolutely elated in the crowd. They're like, wow, this is incredible. And he stands up and he stands in the middle and the camera kind of pans around to the screen and then back to the audience. And you can see in his face and, and, and in the atmosphere that he's like, oh, my God, this is this is incredible. And he runs out and he calls Jack and he says everything is going to change because they figured out how to record sound. And that's amazing yeah that sequence is incredible like with the cinematography it was just still tracking at manny out the cinema and it was so cool how how they'd done that you know and it tilts upwards to this massive sign the jazz singer and we were like yes we know what happened now you know as film study students we were like ah yes ah yes cinema we need to get but then i liked how they then were like they showed the other side of that in, in the sense yes. that they then show Nelly on her first talking picture. And this is genuinely a really, really funny scene where they're trying to oh just do this simple scene where she walks into this room and she literally says, oh, yay, college. And then she calls somebody. And every time something's wrong, she either she misses her mark or the sound guy's like, oh, you're talking too loud. Or somebody opens the door and it's this hilarious scene that culminates in somebody <laughs> who's like in the box with the camera. Like, just dying. Like, there are so many levels of insane. I think every, like, most of the scenes in this movie are insane, whether it be the insanity of, like, a wild rager in the roaring 20s or the insanity of a film set in the silent era or then in a film set in the talkies era and then a high society party. Like, how is that also insane in a different way? And then, like, the mad kind of, like, underground parties at the end. Everything is just literally the peak of insanity. It was like a party, you know, like going from cinema to cinema. And then at the end, it's just a lot calmer, which is the antithesis of everything that just happened at the beginning. And then it just stretches out and it just goes down, down, down to the, you know, the calmer side. But uh, yeah, there was some insane moments. Let's talk about the snake fight. Oh my God. This is the funniest moment so this is in the trailer this is my favorite where they they drive out to the plains to the desert to find a snake so nelly's dad played by eric roberts amazingly i just want to just want a side note the amount of cameos in this movie brilliant the amount of times we were pointed to the screen and we were like oh my god it's captain waterson or like you know jeff garland it was like brilliant i loved it or samara weaving yeah samara weaving oh my samara weaving the, the planets collided with Margot Robbie and Samara Weaving in the same scene. That <laughs> That's literally all we insane. need now is Margot Robbie and Emma Mackey, which is happening in Barbie. So, I mean, oh, oh. it's happening. Worlds are colliding, oh, okay. ladies and gents. But yeah, so they all drive out to the desert to fight this snake. And eventually, Eric Roberts just kind of keels over. And so Nelly does it herself and she gets bitten by the snake and she's running about frantically with the snake hanging off her neck. And then. <laughs> Brad Pitt, I don't even, I can't even remember what he says, 
but he re- he just stands there for like a minute transfixed into <laughs> and the then breach just, we go and he's like back into the breach and he runs and he just gets hit by a car and it's so funny i don't even know why it's so funny but it's genuinely hilarious there's it so many so just comedic moments it's we brilliant we couldn't stop laughing it was just a perfect setup like jack conrad's like living in the moment and then his wife in the barrowground is like, I need to go. And then Jack is just like, we'll stay a bit longer. And then he just goes, lads, <laughs> into the breach we go. And he just he runs just as brilliant. fast as possible. Is he going to get the snake or anything? Or is he just going to go <laughs> somewhere? And he just gets hit by a car. He just, just runs. I don't even think he was going for the snake. I think he was just going to run into the desert. <laughs> it was just, it was really, really fun. And oh, I think the, the film was really good at kind of balancing the characters when they are mad and also the characters when they are like genuine. Like Jack is, has a really sad story actually because he ends up starring in a load of films that he knows are terrible and he just wants the producers to be honest with him and, and he realizes that his time is over and he has nothing really else to give the world. And there's a really, really nice monologue by the critic in the movie who kind of says, listen, at the end of the day, none of you guys are anything and you're all going to die and it's all going to be over one day, but you're going to live on forever through this, through cinema. And there's actually some really nice kind of metaphors throughout yeah. the film about the enduring power of cinema. And can we just talk about the end sequence? Oh my god. Another thing as well for that yeah, whole monologue. I love that monologue. It just gives out like the idea of you, that character, are imprinted in that film for years and years and years and you are basically immortalized. Whether you bring out the bad side of the film or you bring out the good side of the film in terms of characters you're kind of that guide for the audience you're the protagonist or the antagonist and it just gives out that like this film's real but you know there's that actor who just performed that out or people who made that film and they're going to be dead soon but then in a hundred years somebody's going to pick that movie up and they're going to see something that is totally recognizable for that film and i think that's really really touching for that whole sequence for Jack and also for filmmakers as well like they're trying to think of a way you know what motivates them as well so I really like that monologue yeah the whole I mean very similar to how La La Land was a critique and also a love letter to films just in general this is similarly a critique and love letter to films but a different era of films this is a critique of the 20s and you know the way that everything was done but also like a love letter to that and how that birthed what came today and that final sequence just truly just transported me to somewhere some other plane of existence many years years later 20 years later maybe 30 i don't know he comes back having now got a wife and kid with everybody else in the film having died either in the events of the film or since and he comes back to kinescope and he's like oh wow i used to work here and he hasn't been to the movies in, in 30 years and he goes to the cinema and he's watching singing in the rain which they had been doing a smaller production of that when he worked there in the 30s and he just leans forward and he has this truly emotional reaction and then the film genuinely just kicks into like it's probably one of the best sequences considering that the last 45 minutes had been all over the place tonally and narratively it had gone through so many different modes it'd gone from being quiet and reflective to being pure madness this just put everything together in the nicest package and was just so so beautiful he sees cinema like he sees or or even we see does it doesn't matter but but the film shows us 
all these films from throughout time, you know, whether it be The Man on the Horse to The Train Arriving in the Station to A Trip to the Moon to all these different films from history, even coming up to the present day and then ending with Avatar, of all things. Genuinely, just this raw, visceral thing as Justin Hurwitz's score is just going on and on and on. And then it becomes about celluloid and everything is developing together. And then it just becomes flashing lights, like it's 2001 or something like that. And then it's just flashing and flashing and flashing and you get like this, the the countdown. And then it comes cuts back to Manny in the cinema, just crying. And then it ends. And then one final burst of light and sound, and then it ends. And the credits roll. And it was genuinely incredible yeah just living that moment right now i would see it again just for that i would see that just for that as well that is such incredible piece of sequencing but also the music that it just blends together it's this celebration of film this evolution that these films come together and ah man what I love about this whole sequence was the music that was kicking in. They were like with the house music, it was manic, but also yes. kind of that this is hype. This is hype music. This yes. is what, you know, what we've been celebrating, what we're making for years. Like, this is the stories that we connect to. This is where we go to the cinema. And uh, it just gives you so many emotions. And especially for me, one of the first films I was introduced at a young age was Singing in the Rain. And mm. that gave me a lot of emotions because I was like, this whole idea of like transitioning from silent to sound. I loved Singing in the Rain. That was a great film. And that gave so many emotions to Manny as well. And with Singing in the Rain, that scene I think that scene gave Manny a bit of hope you know what cinema could be you know that scene and it just cuts to the compilation of what cinema is going to be like or you know this evolution and it's going to be incredible it's going to be beautiful it's going to be exciting it's going to be a whole lot of things that is yet to come and the colors as well there's three colors in the film three dominant colors are like we got red yellow no blue yeah I think so yeah that was kind of showing like you know that transitioning to black and white to color and mm. then how we experiment with those and oh man it had everything in that entire sequence for, you know the films that you got and you're like oh my god it is incredible i love that yeah if it, if it wasn't for the last hour of the film having darted around so much if it was just those first two acts where we were getting these mad parties and these mad sets then transitioning into the talkies and you know how do you deal with that if you kind of take away all the gambling debts and underground parties that you get in that final hour and you just ended it with this epilogue it would genuinely have come together to be this incredible thing and i think that that final scene was just something that it's difficult to state just how powerful it was especially you know with the screen that we were seeing it in the huge screen and the way that you know there weren't many people there there weren't anyone around us and you know so like i was leaning forward and i was just so in it and, and that well, was i was leaning forward as well i think yeah we were just yeah. like into it yeah yeah exactly and like i had heard beforehand that it ends with the scene of avatar so i was just expecting a scene like of Avatar, and I was thinking to myself throughout the film, it'd be really cool if they kind of ended it with a montage that shows what cinema has been, what it is and what it can be and what it will be. And then it did, and I was like, this is just everything. And I, I was so happy to see so many films that I have known and loved throughout the years on there, like, you know, just the way that it's kept on going. And I'm like, oh, it's The Matrix and Jurassic Park. And even like, you know, going further back, it's Unshan Andalou and all these different films. And I'm just like, wow, like, genuinely it was such a great celebration of what it all can be oh, yeah and also the first film that manny sees is about 
the transition from the silent era to the talkies. He sees the events of the film expressed in another film. So he goes in and, and in the film, they're like, ah, oh, hey, these talkies are going to be really exciting. Oh, the jazz singer. And then he sees a personification of Nelly, somebody who struggles and doesn't sound good on the microphones. And I was really like, damn, it really is brutal. But there was that spark of hope at the end you know, even though that the, their stories will be bastardized and turned into these films that don't actually consider the real life people, even though it's a film, you know what I mean. It then gives you that montage of hope of look at where cinema will go and will continue to go. I would like in the next hundred years, another film that talks about the exact same thing and has another montage that shows the next hundred years of movies, because that's just so exciting to think about like it ended in 2010 like avatar that's 2009 actually there's another 13 years of movies that the film didn't even cover in that montage like that's just so exciting to think about yeah i love it so much justin Hurwitz, that that score absolutely love it brilliant as well yeah. it's the same score they use in the in the trailer which yeah. i was really happy about because a lot of trailers will use really great music and then the music won't be in the movie and i'd be like oh what but then you know the first time i saw the babylon trailer i was like oh this is a bop and then when it was in the movie i was like yes yes this is what we want it was it was really great i don't know yeah. why this movie has flopped in america like i know there's a lot of choice of things to see but i wouldn't miss this for the world i would not miss this as the world as well I mean, the film has some flaws as well, like for the third act, like there was some, you know, what you said, like narratives didn't really flow that well or the tonal shifts. That was such a bizarre piece of Mm. story right there to have. I mean, it was just to explore the darker side of Hollywood, I guess. But it was just very disturbing. Well, not disturbing, but it was dark. It was like, oh my God. There were disturbing moments, like with Sid Palmer, who is a trumpet player who ends up like being like a main main like focus in a lot of movies there's one moment where manny has to come to him and say listen the way that we've lit you you look white compared to all the black jazz players so he gives him like a pot of like charcoal so he can do blackface on himself but he's already black and it's it genuinely just horrifying to watch and you know that like this was a reality in a lot of like these kind of cases and there's also like a plot about this one person who is lesbian and clearly can't actually have a relationship because that's not accepted and when she starts to hang out with Nelly clearly that she has a crush on Nelly they have to fire her because they're like this is not a good image you're ruining the image of Nelly and genuinely like just heartbreaking but unfortunately the film doesn't have time to develop all these things and yeah. therefore, it does feel like a lot of these things are like, okay, well, we could have given Jovan Adipo and Lee Jun Lee more screen time instead of just popping up here and there. Like, you understand the story and it's still emotionally impactful, but it's not really developed well. And, and I don't think it's, I, I just, I just don't really know what Chazelle was thinking with the way that it all came together at the end. Like, I enjoyed it and I know what he was going for, but I just think he kind of lost it a little bit. I think yeah. he went on a tangent and didn't, and forgot to tie it all back. Yeah, I feel like that third act just decided to go somewhere else and not think about the other characters as well. And I wish that we could explore that in the third act because I think that would be really, really interesting to maybe see how they feel in that time when cinema was developing and it was creating a lot of movies in that time. Yeah, that would be really interesting to explore. 
yeah, that was a really tough scene to watch when Sid had to put charcoal on his face and he was like playing the trumpet and yeah, it was really hard to watch. Yeah, as like well. he yeah. he's giving it his all. Like throughout you see him play the trumpet and you see how much he puts into his performances. There are ways that the camera will track like from afar right up to the trumpet and you can really feel those sounds and you can see in the performance like how much he's giving it. And even then he is, but you can see the humiliation, you can see the pain. And then at the end, he gives back his car and and, and and he gives in his slot and the security guard or whatever is like, hey, you're going to need this to come back. And he says, I'm not coming back. Like, why would he? Like, his integrity is ruined. Like, he was forced into it. He didn't want to put charcoal on. Like, even Manny was a little bit like, this is wrong, but I have to do it because I'm an executive. And he's like, if you don't do this, these all these people are going to lose their job. And so, you know, Sid is, is forced into this and he clearly feels a lot of shame. And so at the end, he literally just is playing in like a small club. And in a lot of ways, it's it's almost similar to La La Land in the way that he clearly has that passion. And in that smaller scope, he's at least being able to do what he loves without being made a fool out of in a bigger setting. And I thought that that was great. And I wish it had had more time. Yeah, to ease in the, the feelings as well and more of that character in the third act because I feel like that would be exploring like the downfall of these characters. Uh, not not down not the downfall of the characters, but like, you know how No, yeah, I know I know what you mean. How yeah, the system mistreats them. Yeah, like it's completely changed now. Hollywood has not mm. favored them anymore. So Yeah, even uh, even Nelly, you know, who Nelly the whole and, the whole time she's well. she's trying to still fit into it. Yeah, and Jack. They both end up dying. And, you know, I think Jack accepts his position, whereas mm. Nelly is constantly trying to run away and constantly trying to chase the high that she gets, you know, whether it be yeah. through drugs or alcohol or through gambling or through acting, she's trying to chase that high and, and she really struggles to fit in. Yeah. And, the, you know, there's that scene where she loses it at the party and she vomits everywhere. A scene where, which is a bit much, but, you know, I understand what they're trying to do there. Again, every time this film goes too far, I understand exactly what it is and I enjoy it, but it, it might be a bit too tonally too dissonant. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I love Tobey Maguire. I, he was having a great time. He was really funny, <laughs> but he wasn't needed. And you could yeah, cut out that entire wasn't... bit and, and, and focus in on the emotions of it. Yeah, I wonder what Toby was like thinking like, okay, Damien, do you have anything for this film? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just two hours in. Could you uh, act for this? <laughs> could you act? <laughs> like Toby definitely got his Marvel paycheck and was like, right, I'm back. I'm back, baby. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do uh, some uh, weird I'm shit. Back. Yeah, but yeah, the whole cast, excellent. Mm. I was deeply enthralled by the hundred percent, hundred percent. And it was just mesmerizing with the cinematography. Yeah, I, I just wish that that final act had focused more on the emotions of everything. This is the tweet that I made that Justin Hurwitz liked. So obviously, I'm gonna say it, but particularly Manny and Nelly's theme that plays throughout the movie in like significant moments of theirs, almost in the way that Mia and Seb's theme in La La Land is so beautiful. It was just amazing in presenting, you know, their relationship and, and the kind of emotions that came along with that. I, I really loved that. So, um, with all that said, what are you going to give La La Land? Uh, not La La Land. What La am La I Land. saying? What do you give La La Land out of 10, John? I'm, what are you? Uh, it's a uh, no, difficult uh, choice. Uh, Babylon. What are we giving it out of 10? I'm going to give it an 8. I also am giving it an 8. Wow, look at that. We're on the same oh, wavelength. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Yeah, I think it when, when it's good, it is amazing. And, like the first two acts. They the are first very two strong. acts. 
Exactly, and that ending. Exactly, and this is what I said to you when ending. we walked out. When I when we walked out, I, I turned to you and I said, "I've never seen a filmmaker simultaneously more on the top of their game and also having lost the plot so hard." And I think that's just what happened. I think Damien was just giving it his all, but he kept on going, "Ooh, what if we do this? Ooh, what if we do that?" And it's like, "Oh, there, Toby. Damien. We're adding Toby. <laughs> well, we've got Toby required. Quick, let's write this whole scene around it. Like, just calm down, take a step know. back." I think yeah. that whole third act, he was just getting too overexcited with all the things that he could do. Just like Jurassic Park, he was so caught up with what he could do, he never questioned whether he should. <laughs> and with that, a good night. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you liked it, you can give us a thumbs up and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. I always forget what the Spotify one is, so I'm just like, um, Next week, uh, we're going to be doing Tales of the Jedi, which we recorded months ago, and I'm, yes. I'm so happy to finally do it, and then we'll be fo- following on with the Fair Woman's the week after that, so that's, oh, you know, more exciting woman. stuff to come. Uh, please give us an email. Tell us your thoughts on Babylon. Tell us your thoughts on Damien Chazelle or any of the things we've discussed. Or just ask us questions or any of that. Any yes. of that shit. Any, any <laughs> uh, that, you can yeah. you can uh, email us arsenefilmpod at gmail.com. We'll read it right here on the podcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And that's everything. Cool. Yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, Babylon. This was something that y- you could not expect from Chazelle because it mm. is so different so different what you see from him i mean kind of but it is insane yeah you need to watch it at the big screen i i highly recommend it mm. it is three hours long i mean the 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 last third act what well, the last third act no the third act there is... are seven third acts oh my god um it just goes all over the place but the yeah. ending is <sighs> the ending is worth the price of admission alone yeah. just that alone. just that that three minute sequence is worth everything <laughs> oh wake me up until the ending sequence <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm 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 definitely going to be listening to that finale piece many times on the soundtrack many 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 times many yes. times right take what you're given give nothing back goodbye goodbye <laughs>